The sharp increase in the thruster wash kicked up additional billowing clouds of fine silt from the bottom beneath the sub's keel, filling the night with brightly illuminated particles. A blizzard, Golyitsyn thought. A winter squall such as he'd once known in the St. Petersburg. No, the Leningrad of his childhood. So where is our flag? Golyitsyn asked, peering into the murk as it gently subsided. As he leaned forward, the light reflecting back from outside illuminated the web of blue lines etched into his arm and the back of his hand. Kurchikov didn't reply at first. He was staring at Golyitsyn's tattoos. Then Kurchikov looked away and shrugged. It could be anywhere, just a few meters away, beyond the edge of the light, and we'd miss it, he said. Don't worry, we will drop another. No need, sir, the diving officer reported. I have it on sonar. Bearing 119, range 37 meters. Helm, take us there. Slow ahead. Ta, Capitan. In August of 2007, a pair of Russian Mir deep submersibles had reached this, the Arctic seabed at the North Pole. They'd taken readings, collected samples of the seafloor, and planted a large, rust-proof titanium flag. Since then, the Mears had returned several times, taking further readings for the P.P. Shirsov Institute of Oceanology, and extending Mother Russia's claim in this freezing wasteland. And today the Mears were back, shepherding the much larger and more sinister Nomor Chitira to the cold, black depths of the Amundsen Plain. An apparition emerged from the shadows beyond the light, broad, rectangular, held above the muck by weights deeply embedded in the sediment. As Nomor Chitira drifted forward, the colors emerged as well, the white, blue, and red horizontal bars of the Russian Federation. The Pole, Golyitsyn breathed. The real Pole. Not the imaginary point on the ever-drifting, ever-changing pack of ice four kilometers overhead, but the actual Pole of the planet, on the seabed 4,261 meters beneath the surface a point now claimed by Moscow as a portion of the Eurasian landmass and part of the sovereign territory of the Russian Federation. A point, Golyitsyn thought, that would very soon return the Rodina, Mother Russia, to greatness. Chapter 1 British Airways Flight 2112 JFK International Airport 10.15 hours EDT so, Doc, is it true what they say? Kjartan Magnakar said with a breezy insouciance as the two men strode down the boarding tunnel. About you and Big Oil, I mean. Dr. Ernest Spencer scowled. Young man, I haven't the faintest idea what you're talking about. This solar theory thing of yours, Carr said. They reached the entryway of the British Airways 747, and he grinned and winked at the welcoming flight attendant. Welcome aboard, sir, she said. She had the most gloriously pale blonde hair. May I see? Instead of his ticket, he flashed an ID at her, together with his special clearance. The idea, of course, was a fake. Despite what it said, he was not a special agent of the FBI, though the lie, the legend, as it was known in intelligence circles, occasionally was a useful fiction. Everyone had heard of the FBI. Very few even knew there was such an organization as the National Security Agency. The clearance was real enough, however. It gave Carr permission to carry a firearm on the flight. Thank you, sir, she said. I'll inform the captain. You do that, sweetheart. 
Carr told her. He and Spencer filed aft and found their seats, located toward the rear of first class. For a few moments, the two men were preoccupied with putting their carry-on luggage in the overhead compartment and getting themselves settled in. Spencer had the window seat, Carr the aisle, as planned. Spencer appeared ready to ignore the topic Carr had just raised, but the younger man persisted. Ah, come on, you know, Doc. Everyone says the oil companies pay you to tell everybody that global warming is nonsense. Young man, Spencer began. Tommy, eh? Call me Tommy, all my friends do. Spencer frowned at him in a way suggesting that he most assuredly did not consider Carr to be a friend. Young man, he repeated. If the oil companies were paying me, perhaps I could afford to buy their product. Secondly, global warming is not nonsense. It is real. All too real. My solar model simply demonstrates...